if a dog is biting a black man, the black man should kill the dog. Whether the dog is a police dog, a hound dog, or any kind of dog. If a dog is sick on a black man, when that black man is doing nothing but trying to uh, take advantage of what the government says is supposed to be his, then that black man should kill that dog or any two-legged dog who sicks the dog on it. Should other black men help that particular person who was attacked? I think you'll find, sir, that there will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, then the black man will think like a black man, and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. And this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. And it is the only thing that will bring an end to it. No federal court, state court, or city court will bring an end to it. It's something that the black man has to bring an end to himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. At this time, we have entered a zone of turbulence. Uh, please fasten your seatbelts, but most importantly... Watch this. Hey, yo, take your masks off, man. Lego. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes, good day to you. Um, a good day is needed. Yes, it is. What's a good day? A good day is a day of rest, right? Uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical rest. <laughs> a day that has some laughter in it. A day where love is present and felt. You know, when you receive the love in your life and give love to those in your life. A good day is a day where you let your faith pick you back up. You know, where you purposely read the word of God and listen to some worship and spend time tending to your inner self. A good day is when you make or order the food you've been craving for a while and enjoy that thing, man, like your life depending on it. That's a good day. So I hope you had a good day. And hey, I know you're probably still exhausted. Same here. The last few weeks have been excruciatingly intense. Truth be told, I wasn't expecting this to be this heavy. You know, the passing of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, for some reason, it hit different. We always knew it was like that, but it hit different. You know, they sparked something in all of us that I can confidently hope will stay as long as necessary, all right? But yes, those murders right there, man, those murders were the straw that broke the camel's back. They revealed yet again just how tired black people are in this world. And ladies and gentlemen, I am tired. Like you, I am depleted. I am spent, okay? 
Listen, um, it doesn't usually happen that I lack words to express how I feel, but I do now. I know I'm angry. I know I'm hurt. I know that some parts of me feel powerless. But the thing is, the anger, the hurt, and especially the exhaustion that I feel right now feel like it's been, you know, accumulating. It's almost like they're just revealing themselves to me screaming like, yo, we've been here. We've been with you since forever. All right? Now look, I usually end my episodes with a little segment called Seed of the Week, right? But for this episode, I want to share it at the beginning and and go from there, okay? Uh, this is from none other than one of the original queens of black power. The very definition of strength and courage, Rosa Parks. Uh, she said this in an interview referring to her 1955 um, Montgomery bus move. She said this. She said, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. Now take that in for a second. Tired of giving in. That resonated with me so deeply, man. You know, we all feel exhausted because yet again, another black brother, black sister is gunned down or choked or rather lynched with little to no consequences for the murderer while they stack up service awards for supposedly serving and protecting the communities they are eradicating. It's a disgrace. And every time this happens, you know what happens? It sends a message to our brains that we don't matter. It sends a message to our brains that nobody is there to protect us or even speak for us. It tells us that we are hated, unwanted. It says loud and clear that our skin color rhymes with criminal. It tells us that we might as well not even dream about nothing because we might not even be here tomorrow depending on the mood of any random racist police officer. Now, Miss Parks, you know, one day... She decided that enough was enough. <laughs> she was like, I'm tired of giving in. She usually walked home to avoid dealing with Jim Crow laws of segregation. But that day in particular, she was like, nah, I'm going to take the bus. Now, mind you, she went to the back where all the colored folk were supposed to sit. But here comes another white person wanting her to give up her seat. And that's when she was like, nah. Nah. And you know what's funny? She was not the first person to do that. She was not the first woman, actually, to do that. 1941, 1944, 1946, I think. Women like Hannah Cofield, Viola Wyatt, Claudette Colvin fought back in that way. And I want you to know that Claudette Colvin was a 15-year-old pregnant girl. A pregnant 15-year-old girl. She fought back. She was like, mm -mm, no, I'm not yielding my seat to you, white person. She obviously suffered the consequences. Why am I saying this? Because I truly hope we black people consciously decide to say, do, and live by, nah. You know, where racism and discrimination is concerned. These past few weeks have taught me so much and opened my eyes to my reality and the seriousness of the fight that is before me. No more games, y'all. No more games. No more giving in. We give in so much. Every day. 
We give in to white approval. We want to sound professional. We want to look professional. Which really means we want to look white and sound white. We feel obligated to smile back so that we're not perceived as a threat. No more games, no more giving in. We're black and that's the way it is, okay? We got an accent, that's the way it is. Um, first thing this whole situation helped me clear up is this. Stop saying that this is not a fight against race, that it's a fight against oppression. Okay, stop that. That sounds pretty and peaceful, bless your soul. But it's not the reality. The reality is, whiteness has specifically come for blackness for more than 400 years. 400 years. To this day, to this day, that's a meme right there. To this day, racism is owned and operated by white racists who unfortunately got to the table before anybody else and built a system that will operate like this forever. Forever. That was their intention. George Floyd was not knelt on because he was Asian or Indian or part of a visible minority group or because he was handicapped or part of the LGBTQ community. No, he was knelt on. He was murdered, actually, because he was black, period. As all the other millions of black people lynched in broad daylight every day since centuries ago. He was killed because he's black. And because only killing a black person in America is the crime that can go unpunished. Look at Brianna. Look at Brianna. Sleeping in her home, fam. <laughs> Listen, maybe I'm not doing enough research. So enlighten me. Have y'all ever heard of a white woman killed by a black police officer while she was sleeping in her home? Have you? And if yes, I don't think there is. But if yes, what became of that officer, you think? All right, let me get back to what I was saying. Listen, we black people are big enough a group to have our own fight. So stop watering it down and putting us all in one bag. It's a disservice to us and all the other groups that I mentioned. All right? My love and respect to each and every one of those groups, by the way. So yes, this is definitely a fight against race. Racism that was founded and owned and operated by white people and the system that was created by whites for whites that supports them. That's what this is about. All right? Now, let me go to my second thought right quick. For all of you good white people out there, I have a word for you. You are decent human beings. And my love to you as well for that. Nothing special accomplished here. You are just decent human beings who happen to share the same skin color, ancestors, and privilege with the other people who have colonized, enslaved, oppressed, and killed us for centuries. I want you to know that you are not many. Good white people, you are not many. Many are the evil ones. Unfortunately, your voices, if they were ever used, we're not nearly as powerful as those who managed to put it in the fabric of this Western white society. So this fight is for you too. Against your own kind. 
For you. Not for the black people. Not for us. Nah. For you. And I know how good and efficient you guys fight when it's about you. Bad, evil white people have and continue to put a disgusting stain on all of you, so fight back. Fight for your skin color, all right? Do not tolerate that another black person is killed or discriminated against in your presence. Do not decide to curl up and be fake cute and do that, oh, let me mind my own business bullshit y'all do when y'all are in uncomfortable situations. Speak up. Speak up. You can bring your rifles and semi-automatic guns too if you like. For centuries, they have stained your skin color. Because let me tell you something. As far as we are concerned, as far as black people are concerned, whiteness is a danger to our life. And it has been so for our parents, for our grandparents, for our great-grandparents, for our ancestors. Whiteness is a danger. So now, your fight, good white people, is to change that. Same goes with police officers. All right, I got a few words for y'all. I know a few police officers, so hear me well. Number one, your department is mentally and politically corrupt at its core. You understand that? Your department, it is mentally, it is politically corrupt at its core, as it was supposed to be. So let no other sane police officer who think they're good claim that, oh, you know, it's just a few bad apples. A few bad apples. Chris Rock had a, had a joke about that. That's a, that's a beautiful name for a murderer. That's what he said. So no, y'all are the few. The good ones, that is. Let me tell you something. Y'all should stop looking at these cases as a case-by-case -case thing, you know? Like, oh my God, I can't believe that officer knelt on his neck, you know? You know, we don't do that, really. That's, they don't teach us to do that. Or, oh my God, I can't believe that guy um, gunned down an innocent, uh, unarmed black man. No. It's not a case-by-case -case thing. It's a system. Think about this. Do you know that the police officers serving today, right? Whatever age group. The police officers serving today were raised by parents or grandparents who were probably born between 1880 to 1960. Now, what do you think those people thought about black people? Huh? What do you think their relationship to black people was? And most importantly, what do you think they pass down to their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren? It's not a case-by-case -case thing, man. It's not. So stop acting blind and see it for what it is. Number two, no good cop until the self-proclaimed good ones put on blast the bad ones. End of story. That's it. We are tired. We are tired. Y'all are not good if you can't put on blast the bad ones. We don't want to bank on the potential that there may be some good cops out there. No. No. So, some, some, some jobs, like Chris Rock said again, some jobs can't afford to have bad apples. No, because this is life and death. Brianna. 
Um, until y'all change and seriously denounce the killings and the wrongdoings of your so-called brothers and sisters in service, y'all is bad. Okay? That's it. End of story. Number three. I have taken all the blame off of black people. I really have. <laughs> all that, oh, look, it's because he or she was not complying with the officer's orders, or, oh, if he or she had just accepted to give his ID, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Let me explain something that you should already know. If white people had experienced nearly as much oppression as blacks, you best believe they would never comply with an officer stopping them for some nonsense. Do you remember that a few weeks ago, white people stormed the state capitol in Michigan with guns? because they wanted their lives back. <laughs> they, they, missed, they missed taking their dogs out to the dog park to socialize with other dogs. So they picked up their guns, they went to the state capitol, and guess what happened after? They're out. So don't ever look at police stopping black people the same ever again. If it was a white person, you better believe they would be pissed off and they would ask questions according to their rights. They'll be like, why are you stopping me? And the police officer would go, well, I just, just give me your ID. Well, sir, no. And then that's, that's how black people die. <laughs> that's how black people die. Now, black police officers, you listen to me very seriously. You have a serious job to do. Stop being mentally enslaved to the point of enforcing that rhetoric that our brothers and sisters are the troublemakers in the city. That is not true. You are short-sighted if you say that. Short-sighted. I pray your view and understanding and wisdom become much, much, much bigger than the number of your daily calls to black neighborhoods. If you think this whole thing um, has anything to do with the number of calls you get in black neighborhoods, you are blind. Do research. Do your own research, man. Do research. Okay? Do research and understand what's going on in this world. Understand how black people have been marginalized forever. And what do you want them to do? You think they're going to, you know, switch back to what? To what? Do research. Talk to the black people you serve. Understand what's never going to be said at the precinct. Black police officers, again, we are watching you. Okay? And I can tell you right now, <laughs> um, unconsciously, all right, let me give you the benefit of the doubt. Unconsciously, you tap into white approval. When you get these calls, these many calls in black neighborhoods, you tap into white approval. You need to stop that right now. You need to stop that right now because that is the same reason why you would stand there when a black brother is being killed and your brain tells you that that's what they had coming because they refuse to give an ID. Can I say something? You might be even more dangerous than white police officers. So do your research. 
Be humble. Love your people. Understand your people. Serve your people. They pay you any damn way. Now, to my black brothers and sisters in America and around the world, let's discuss. Nobody else is going to stop this nonsense except us. Around the world, I said. Nobody else is going to come to save us. They couldn't even save us back home during the genocide. They packed up and left. They packed up and left. They do not care. Who's they? Ask DJ Khaled. It's they. It's they. Get that in your head. They don't care. So we have to fight for ourselves. We have to fight for ourselves, period. All right? You know, I took off my eyes off of white allies. I did. I did. They're important. You know, people like John Brown, uh, Benjamin Lay, Dr. Rush, all of those people are people who helped black people tremendously. They're appreciated. But it ultimately lies on us to end this bull on all fronts. So first, let's understand why we're being killed on the streets like dogs every day. Every day. Two things. One, because of how, again, white slave-owning racists, otherwise known as the Founding Fathers, trained the country you're in. Whatever country you're in. They trained that country, both psychologically and politically, for generations and generations to view us and treat us like they viewed us and treated us. And that's like properties. You understand that? That's why police officers or people who think they're police officers, you know, low-level mall security or neighborhood watch or whatever, and all the Karens in the world, that's why they feel entitled to take your life. That's why. That's on a psychological level. They have trained generations and generations to know that black people, okay, can take anything. Because, hey, again, they came and they picked us up from Africa and took us to build the economy that we see today. We built that. All right? And this brings me to my next point. We are treated like that because we have no economic power whatsoever. And so therefore, there are no economic consequences whenever a white police officer murders anybody black. No. So now, how do we fight this? And yes, I said fight, not ask. We are done asking. And I'm confident in saying this, by the way. You know when they say sit at the table? It's for negotiating after we fought as a people and struck them where it hurts. That's when they are like, okay, okay, let's sit down and talk about things. All right? But we got to fight first. So, we have to fight back, both physically and with our money. That's my two cents. We got to fight physically and with our money, man. Think back. Anywhere that there was, even back home, man. Even back home. In Rwanda, for example, during the genocide against the Tutsis by the Hutus, it is not the Hutus who ended it. They were Hutu allies. But Tutsis ultimately took it in their hands and ended it. 
anywhere around the world, it's like that. The person suffering oppression has got to be the person to end it. Period. It ends there. Allies help. Allies are appreciated, I said. But it's on us. So first, we have to defend ourselves and our communities physically. Respect is never asked. It is earned. One of the things I am personally tired of hearing is unarmed black men. Unarmed. Listen, if it is legal to carry a gun in your state, in your country, wherever you are, as a black person in a white country, please do so, brother, sister. Protect yourself and your families. And I feel like we ought to create some kind of community of trained black fighters that can come to the rescue of a black person being brutalized by the police. Right there. Just like an amber call. Just, just all our phones pop off. To the gangbangers out there, man, I hope you answer a higher call to protect your communities against a common threat. You are already armed and you are not afraid to die for a cause you believe in. And I have to believe your families and your community is a cause you believe in. Protect your people. We have to fight back physically. We have to. Secondly, we got to fight with money. You know, we got to make serious decisions about how we consume our black dollars. And not just the July 7 boycott, which is important, let's do it, but also in our everyday life. This is an opportunity for us to buy black and create black. So listen, if you have an ounce of entrepreneurship in you, if you ever wanted to be a lawyer, a doctor, a business mogul, a boxer, you know, because Mayweather got some money, this is the time to pursue it. We must make Buying black-owned everything a norm, black people. You hear me? We have, I repeat, we have to make buying black a norm. Because a couple billionaires later, that's power. And that power forces legislation. And that's how we get long-term results. That's how it goes. All right? So we got to fight back physically and economically. We have to, we, they have to know that it's a price. It's a price to all these things that we're doing. If we kill another black man, oh, we're going to pay a lot. Not because the court rules it. No, because that's built for them. But we're building our own. You are going to pay one way or another. So, um, yeah, let's do that. One last thing, my black people in Africa, I want to talk to y'all. Listen, I know problems are not the same, okay? But people are. We are all black at the end of the day. We are all Africans. If you don't do anything else, use social media to speak up, man. Use social media to speak up. Don't be quiet on the issue. IG is not just for entertainment. When people are dying in Sudan and there's an initiative, we raise awareness. We donate. We change our profiles in solidarity. Same with Banyamulenge. Remember that? We now need you to be a part of this global response. All black people across the world to stand together. There is strength in numbers. We don't want y'all to stay back because you have a lot more problems. Come on, man. Black people in Africa... 
Y'all are our brothers and sisters, okay? If it was up to me, even presidents, African presidents would be like, yo, no more. No more. But that's politics and, you know. No, black people, I love y'all. I truly do. I pray this horrible time result in us loving the hell out of each other a lot more. I hope when we walk down the street and we see someone black like us, we are instantly overcome with so much love for them. I hope we know that we are much bigger than the oppression we face, the racism that we, we experience. I hope we heal. I hope we thrive. I hope we continue to be a good people. A good people, man. You know, black people are good people. Black people are good people, man. We, yo, black people, man. Black people, man, you know what? That's me clapping for black people. We are royalty. We bring joy in this world. All we want is peace. All we want is a good time. We have great manners. We were raised right. We just want peace. We don't want revenge. We've never thought to come and, 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 and steal y'all or, or kill every single person in your families. We just want to breathe, literally. We just want a job, an opportunity, access to wealth. Because we built this economy anyway. Everything I said, by the way, applies to Canada. Did you know that there was slavery for 200 years in Canada? So don't tell me nothing else. If, if your grandfather and your great-grandfather was an, a slave owner, hey man, look, chances are you don't see black people as equal. I know that. So don't, don't play with me. Don't piss me off. Same thing. Same thing. U.S., Canada, same thing. Europe, same thing. Australia, same thing. But black don't crack. <laughs> yeah, now. To my good white people, we appreciate you. And that's on period. All right. That, that's, that's all I got to tell you. We appreciate you. That's it. I'm done. So for the next little while, um, I'll be talking to black men and women about their black stories. Um, in America or in Canada or anywhere else in the world. So tune in and let's get to work and keep the conversation going. All right. Love to all of you.